0: The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by a moment with Morris.com and BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z.com. I am Jermaine Morris here with one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Peace and blessings family. And we are bringing you the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. Where we get together, talk about everything going on in the world and the life and this crazy universe all up in these streets. These streets, these
1: streets, in these cold, cold streets, yeah. <laughs> on ah. smooth tip.
0: Oh, coming at you every week, bringing episode number forty-three to you. Gradually working our way up. No, well, come on, hit me with the forty-three. What you got? I was get spending. Uh, give a special shout out to one our Polynesian brother. Shout out number forty three to one, Troy Polamalu. Ah, look at you, number forty three, retired now, former uh, safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was a, uh, he'll be a Hall of Famer. Uh, if you don't remember him as a player, he was dude always had the the hair all up from under the helmet. You know, he was doing uh, head and shoulders commercials. He became so uh, famous for for his long hair. But for laying the wood and, and getting turnovers, he was definitely a, a protector in that backfield. And he wasn't the biggest guy to, to play at that position. Uh, but he felt like it if he hit you. Mm-hmm. So uh, episode 43, shout out on the Troy Polamalu side of the game. Uh, a lot going on out here. Speaking of uh, football and <laughs> protecting assets it like the uh, NFL's trying Man. to do their best to protect theirs you gotta protect the shield brother yeah they just had their meeting this week uh, getting together with the Players Association addressing what this the debauchery that is this season is with ratings issues, bad PR bad presidential tweets and all that other mess so they, they're trying to Trying to have a a little conversation about it. You
1: got to protect the
0: shield, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Commissioner of the NFL, Roger Goodell, he met with the Players Association as they kind of just talked about more of a state of the union of what the league is like right now. Uh, Not even really about hearing out grievances, but it was really about how do we steer this ship straight again, get everybody back on one accord. Uh, I guess coming out of that meeting, one of the biggest takeaways is is that – they're laying off the mandatory standing for the flag talk. <laughs> I mean, for whatever whatever that's worth. Yeah, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think it. I Me, mean, of course. Now, when it, Goodell went out and said that it's mandated that the players do. As we say, right? And then turn around and say, now after the meeting or cooler heads prevail or when you really thought about how it really sounded, you know, one minute you're taking a stance and then you're supporting the social um, justice protest. That's what it's supposed to be. Then you turn around and say, well, no, we got to go have you guys uh, stand up. Now you flip flop it again. So you're trying to, you know... Really, you're trying to protect the shield in the long run. Yeah, uh, it's never. I don't. It has nothing to do with the come to Jesus moment with the players. The come to Jesus moment with looking at the actual issue. It's really in a long run. You got to protect the brand. You got to protect the shield.
0: Yeah, he. It was a couple of days. Was the 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 meetings and after they had met initially, reporters were like, "Well, what's your stance on the?" flag and Sancho for the anthem he's like honestly we didn't even discuss it for the beginning of that meeting it wasn't even though that was really the reason why they were together that wasn't even what they even went to to address this is really just more the pr side let me hear them out let's let's come together i think more of this has to do it was prompted by uh, colin kaepernick's uh filing for for grievances from the league for uh, accusing the accusations of collusion mm-hmm. for the 32 owners saying that you know uh it's not a meritocracy that the league is supposed to be that they got together and said i don't care who's qualified or not qualified uh you ain't hiring this dude and if that's the case then uh he's got a valid lawsuit uh looking at that though i mean the big picture if he can get that grievance if he wins and, and it's gonna be a stretch if he can. What that will do for the league has way more to do than him getting his job. Yeah. Like, cause you know, uh, for some people they're just like, man, this dude is just a crybaby. He's yeah, always whining sure. about getting his job, whatever, whatever, whatever. If he can get that grievance through, it's a it's gonna be a c- come back together for the CBA, the collective bargain agreement, three years before it's supposed to be over. That's readdressing. Uh, cte lawsuits that's readdressing uh, free agency that's readdressing rookie contracts like what he'll do for the players as a whole for the league can be monumental and what the players can benefit from his grievance claim like he's been two steps ahead this whole time in his big picture plan so they're trying to get ahead of it and you know we'll see what happens but
1: i think that he not, he hasn't, in my idea, hasn't been two steps ahead. He's just played the right chess move when the moves were made around him. Because let's look at it initially. When he got out of the contract, because a lot of folks said that he was doing the kneeling and um, the whole protest was because he was trying to get out of being a 49er. Like, I mean, initially, they're like, well, well, why weren't you doing it before? Okay, let's argue that to Whatever standpoint some folks want to sit there and say that he used this as a ploy to get out of his contract, he gets out of his contract, right? He says, you know, he no longer is going to be a 49er, um, Lynch and him, they come to an agreement, they part way. Colin Kaepernick has said previously before any other team would even look at him or any other team would have him on a practice field, whatever. He said initially, I will not... Do my protest. I've made my point. I'm moving on. If I go to another team, stand up for the flag. This is what he said. Now, with that being said, 32 teams, 32 owners did not sign off on even putting him on the field to see if his skill level was to to the capacity of what they were looking for. Remember, this is a guy that was... One time in the Super Bowl that was one touchdown away of being the Super Bowl MVP, the hero of the Super Bowl, and having his career skyrocket. This is the same guy that, when you look at the 49ers history, we've talked about it on this show before, that beat the Green Bay Packers and the great Aaron Rodgers twice. That beat Cobb, Cam Newton On the way to going to their Super Bowl. Who had the the rivalry with the Seattle Seahawks. The same guy that came back against the Atlanta Falcons. So much upside that one analyst said was going to be the next greatest quarterback in our league at one particular time. He had so much upside. And then here comes... What we look at is now Flaggate, the National Anthem, what everyone wants to create that narrative. Then he all of a sudden he gets blackballed. You don't hear about him getting a tryout. You don't even hear about NFL teams even touching him. Not at all. Baltimore Ravens had the opportunity. They said no. You got the Miami Dolphins who actually he got a guy out of retirement. Jay Cutler, a guy that when you look at Colin Kaepernick's resume and his resume, doesn't even come close, but he's out on the field, he's over there, you know, making money, he's playing for the Miami Dolphins, and then when you look at teams like the Indianapolis Colts who don't even have their regular quarterback, Andrew Luck, in six weeks, he hasn't been playing, and they've got pretty much a, a good backup being a starter, that can't get the job done. You're looking at all of this stuff. Even his old team, the 49ers, who actually benched the guy they decided to move on forward with and say he's our future for this particular time. They've even benched that guy and put someone else. All of the bad quarterback play all across the NFL, all these 32 teams, there's so many teams that need an athlete, a quarterback like Colin Kaepernick. And here hear what you're telling us is that it's not about his skill set and it's not about his protest. Which one is it? Is it about his skill a skill uh, set or is it about the protest? In my idea, we already know why he flipped and did the grievance because what the NFL owners did do wrongfully is that it only took Donald Trump to speak the bullshit that Donald Trump spoke and now folks have kind of reacted to it and now the narrative has shifted where the narrative is, is flag, national anthem, and got folks riled up when it's never been about the flag and the national anthem. It's been about social injustice. It's been about police brutality, police terror against black folks in America. And what Colin Kaepernick was bringing truth to light. But the insensitivity for folks with the flag and the national anthem, because what it does is it, it hits This patriotic narrative that America tries to display, but not understanding that when you listen the full length of the national anthem, first of all, it's talking about Negroes being slaves. Secondly, when it was written 1812, Negroes were slaves. Negroes were emancipated at 1865. So that national anthem ain't got nothing to do with us, right? So when you try to create this narrative, and then when we talk about the social aspect of, okay, okay. Uh, veterans that have gone to wars disrespecting them, every time I draw down the highways or my streets I'm seeing veterans disrespected at an all time high because veterans are holding up signs saying how they fought for this country and they are now homeless asking for food that's disrespecting veterans there should be no veteran that has ever fought for this country that should be homeless then when you want to look at the flag again and talking about Well, what it represents, if this flag really represents equality and justice and someone is saying this is not happening to a certain group, shouldn't that also be looked at? So when we turn around and we look at this narrative of what people are trying to create, Colin Kaepernick has made the right chess moves in the moments that he needed to because the NFL simply could have changed this whole narrative a long time ago and simply one of those three to four owners if they were so smart, could have sat there and thought, well, let's look how this thing could play out. It could play out like this, or we could play it like that. And what they could have done, so no one could sit there and make any excuses, or no one could sit there and be upset about anything, had put Colin Kaepernick, and it would have been probably a shit show for a little bit of time during preseason. Everyone would have interviewed him. What are you going to do? How do you feel? And they could have kept his ass on a goddamn bench. They could even get. They could have even cut his ass because they say, well, he probably didn't meet this, and you know he's kind of rusty. He didn't meet meet what our procedures or where we want to move in our team. They could have did this, and it simply wouldn't be the shit show that it is right now. But now it's a shit show, and I think that's where Colin Kaepernick has been a genius. He waited it out. He pretty much saw what so many of us who sit back and watch these sports, understand that these motherfuckers don't give a shit about nothing else but the bottom line, the profit. (laughs) They're looking at the profit. Goodell only cares about the shield. He only cares about what will be the end result to one, my legacy, and how is this going to damage the brand? Colin Kaepernick has done something that has woken up folks. It's made other individuals now take the stance that he's taken. I really don't particularly think that If you're going to have a conversation, whether he was invited or not, without Colin Kaepernick. But this is just another Band-Aid to cancer. But again, I'm happy that all these things are happening. And this is not about a flag. This is not about a national anthem. This is about social injustice. This is about police brutality. This is about the racial inequalities for black people and people of color. And that's all it's ever been about. For Donald Trump to have to sit there and say something to spark up Negroes and make Negroes look like, damn, he's talking about me, he offended me. And for these owners to pretend as if they cared, the only thing these owners are thinking now, if we allow the boat to rock a little bit too much, guess what's going to end up happening? These Negroes who we've entitled, these Negroes who we've made rich Somehow, someway, some of these motherfucking monkeys are going to start thinking, and next thing you know, we're going to start losing athletes because you hear a lot of conversation, which I'm loving to hear, about ownership, about creating their own league, and when you have individuals starting to see that the place they at is not as comfortable as they really believed it was, and there could be light at the end of the tunnel, then you're going to have a whole bland split, and that goes into the facts of when you're talking about. All the other lawsuits and all the other problems down the line that the NFL has. I mean, you've got to think about domestic violence is still a top uh, uh, problem in the NFL. Drug use is still a a big issue in the NFL. And the fact that you have um, these injuries, (laughs) these injuries to certain star players in the NFL, is also something that the NFL is like, we don't really need these kind of issues. And this whole Colin Kaepernick thing, um, I think, has created. A big eye opener and a in a very much an eyesore for the NFL. That's my rant for the day.
0: Yeah. No problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. yeah. I, I just I, mean, I, I just had to say it the way I said it because I think content on breaking down from where it was to where we are because I get tired one of narrative the narrative being changed over and over again where you got folks interviewing ownership from like the NBA and folks over here and what they title it is the national anthem the flag protest it's not about the flag or the national anthem it's about no protest and if you're going to be a a a reporter or an analyst that wants to correctly state where we're going with this start going back and a few have gone back to the historical content of what the national anthem is then let's start also going back to The flag where black soldiers who fought for this country came back and were treated less than a man that they were treated when they left. So when you're thinking that they're going to be praised as American heroes, they came back and they still were being treated like shit. So in reality, you're fighting for a flag, but you come back and you still get treated like a hand slave. I I get tired of people pushing a narrative that's not there. And if we want to look at it, the NFL could have easily made this shit go away. Guess what? You three motherfuckers, tell his ass, get him on the field. Yes, you're going to go ahead and have to deal with some fucking headaches for a little bit. Here's some here's 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 some in, uh, uh, incentive, and let's get this Colin Kaepernick thing out of the way. But you didn't realize that folks are a little bit more awoke, and you know the, the firestorm that you now have could have easily been prevented as you gave him just a simple opportunity: cut his ass, do whatever. It would have been handled and solved. And even in a bigger note, if you look at it, check this out. America, if your justice system was a justice system for all, some of these people that we're protesting against would have been locked up in jail and we wouldn't have the whole protesting thing. Nibbles could still be woke, slept and and sleep and never even thinking about this at all. But it's now a thing that they can't even, if they wanted to, can't even control. Because the... um, Folks that are really realizing the narrative of what this protest is all about are not stopping and saying, oh, yeah, this is about a flag. No, they're calling it out for what exactly it is. It's not about a flag. It's not about a national anthem.
0: Yeah, they're, they're going to run into, like I said, if these, the grievance issues go through. They'll, they'll deal with stuff. And, and my only point to him being a step ahead is because he used the Tennessee situation. You could make the argument about him not getting a workout in Seattle. That's one team. He, he can make the argument that the, the the Instagram or the tweet, whatever, that his girlfriend sent about Baltimore, you can make the argument that that affected is being signed to the Ravens. But when Marcus Mariota went out injured, Tennessee refusing to take his call, refusing to talk to him about uh, playing, is what the basis of it is. Because I, I think he can't realize, he said, those two other teams – You can make a legitimate argument. If one doesn't sign you after talking to you and having a couple meetings, whatever the other one, you did something publicly or you were connected to something publicly. That's a justified reason not to sign you as well as the Miami situation. They can fall back on the rest on the, the the Fidel Castro issue. But the fact is with Tennessee is that there is no justified reason to deny somebody even the opportunity to talk to them about the job. For a quarterback who plays a similar position of a similar system, just because. So that's going to be what he rests. uh, That's going to be what he really rests his his stake on. And he threw one up, and the league gave him one. Tennessee gave him one. So that's going to be. Like I said, that's why I think that he's a little bit smarter than people give him credit for. Uh, I think in the beginning he was he went harder in the paint than he maybe originally planned, but he has caught up since then. And has been moving accordingly. That's why he's not doing interviews, why he's not all over the place. He's actually, he's keeping it in the pocket and doing what he's supposed to do. And if this, what he's doing consistently is for other people, you know, trading in his career for the struggle is not for him, Mm-mm. you know, and even this, this grievance case, it won't benefit him. He may get a little, if, if it goes best case scenario, he can get a little change out of it. Realistically get back what he spent over the last couple of years Activism-wise, but the reality of it is, is all the players who follow him, as well as current players still in the league, will benefit from that situation. So he's continuing to do stuff for other people that, in most cases, he will not see a direct benefit from. And I give him credit for that because um, there's a lot of people who don't move and operate that way.
1: Yeah, I'm Mm salute to Colin Kaepernick because at the end of the day, I mean, you're totally right. He, you know. I was kind of disappointed when he said, well, I'll stand up. I was like, ah, well. But I don't think that he ever thought that he would be blackballed like this. And I think that when folks were trying to make the argument, well, he's really not a good quarterback and he's not as good. I mean, that's why he's getting blackballed. It's not because of the protest. It's because he's not a good quarterback like that. I'm like, oh, okay. But then you see Jay Cutler get signed. Then you see all these different injuries and folks. And then he's made himself available. He's, He's, you know, Reached out to folks and hey hey you know don't worry about contract I'm, I'm I just want to play <laughs> and they still uh, it's 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 hilarious how capitalism and white supremacy works and how when folks because we've seen folks get blackballed before we we've watched it but I don't think you know there was like I remember um, Isaiah Ryder remember um, uh, uh,
0: yeah I remember Isaiah remember, Ryder
1: the yes sir, the the uh, superstar player that eventually got his ring with the lakers but he got his ring at home because they were like you know what we don't even want to deal with your antics right yeah and i i, I remember the talent that he had but he was such a, a a um you know bad just seed off the field and even a little bit on the court that folks after a while they were like y'all we're not i don't we don't care about the talent man eh, we're just not going to deal with you yeah. and even during AI's AI ending, right? Alan Iverson. It just became such a shit show and it just becomes yeah, the talent, eh, it's there but do we have to deal with all of the background and all of the chaos behind I and mean, especially when your years are not affordable no more? You you don't have those Allen Iverson crossover, you know, going to score 30. It's like now that Allen Iverson, yeah, he'll give you 18, but then here's all the prices that you'll pay for the 18. Yeah. Folks have been blackballed in leagues before, and it's it's kind of, you know, silently, you, you don't, well, where so-and-so go? <laughs> you know, you kind of disappear, but in this moment, Where there's such an upside to this guy, there's no major injury that Colin Kaepernick has ever had compared to an RG3 that's also not in the league if you want to compare the two. Well, RG3 is not in the league. RG3 had a major injury and then you have the whole ego and it just didn't work. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, well, you know what? Do we really want to deal with that? The upside's not really there. The major injury, Uh, we don't know if he's ever going to recover and he's too injury prone. Colin Kaepernick. That's not the situation the case.
0: No, and and getting blackballed for stuff that you know what you do outside <laughs> of your job, uh, it happens often. Uh, shoot, you don't even have to be a multi-million dollar athlete. You can get fired from working at Target if all of a sudden they find out certain Facebook posts that what you done not put up that you did over your summer vacation. Uh, you know there are people who get fired all the time who get involved in. Um, Racial issues at a game or at a social event, and the new thing now is, is that after you, they, they snap who the person is, they find out who they are, and then start, you know, contacting people's schools and jobs. You know, when you get caught out there in social media land, uh, they, you know, they put you on blast. There's a whole lot of people who have been reprimanded, lost their jobs, uh, removed from careers and, and prominent positions because they got caught out there doing something that had nothing to do with their job. Uh, so if, if I think that we don't put the emphasis in the right place a lot of times, so we'll sit there and, and we'll, as a society, we uh, blackballer Colin Kaepernick for standing up for, for the injustices that are happening to people that he recognizes, but we have other people who do, uh, have atrocious behaviors that we continue to look the other way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, we, we have a history of saying, uh, we're not going to mess with Colin Kaepernick Uh, in this stadium because of of the negativity that the press would bring or the negative stigma. But we'll book R. Kelly to play in the same stadium (laughs) at a festival the very same weekend.
1: Or we'll have Richard Spencer come to a university like Florida or Cal Berkeley and speak hate speech, but yet and still Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job and we're going to let this guy, Richard Spencer, who basically – did a replica march of Charlottesville prior to
0: having him come to speak in these big prominent colleges. Yes. Great job. So we, we have this inconsistency of what we decide that we want to brand somebody. And what is it that we decide to let go? Something that's, uh, come out over the past week that I hope does not get let go of is the, uh, issue pertaining to, uh, movie mogul, uh, M- movie producer, uh, half owner, uh, creator of the Miramax uh, movie company. Oh, so he—he's—he's he's, he's one of the—he was one of the big. Yeah, he—he's he's, he's he's a partner guy. that started up Miramax. Oh, okay. uh, Miramax, the same company that gave you *Pulp Fiction* is probably the most. Uh, he put Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez on the map, okay. and those two guys are responsible for *Pulp Fiction*, *Desperado*, *Reservoir mm-hmm. Dogs*, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but Harvey Weinstein, big mover and shaker uh it, when it comes to hollywood some folks will say he's mr hollywood yeah so you know now at currently there's over 40 allegations of sexual <laughs> assault and sexual harassment that he's been linked to and they're coming out of the woodwork now uh, that you know the casting couch <laughs> you know uh the casting couch girls they're coming off the couch huh yeah and even to where you had men, actor Terry Crews came out addressing when he was sexually uh, groped at a Hollywood function. But he ain't said who it was. Yeah, well, the the casting couch is extremely real, and it, it, you're not familiar with that term. Depending upon how old you are, that's that uh, you you may be right for the part, but uh, do a little something else, and that'll make you writer. You know? Uh, well, uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, between yeah, you yeah. and them. Do this something. This might help you. Yeah. get... At least least a little part. Yeah. Or we, we like you, but if you like to stay, you know, uh, we gonna need you to do this. And it, he was somebody who was extremely influential, still is, extremely influential. And this is what likens to the, this is what the Bill Cosby scandal would be had it came out 20 years ago. Because this isn't a case of a damn near 80-year-old senile man, you know, that you're like, you can lock him up if you want to. He's probably not going to make it six months. Harvey Weinstein is a little bit younger. And he's currently that guy,
1: younger, white and powerful.
0: Yeah, but he's currently the guy. So it's not like you know where Bill Bill's influence it, it, behind the scenes is still strong, but he's not that guy in in, in, the, in the face of activity right now. Harvey Weinstein is, and you have a lot of women who are coming out talking about how he has uh, threatened to blackball their careers threatened to put their careers on hold, uh, you know, you're going to get with this program or you'll never work in this town again type stuff. And he somebody had enough influence to do that. So you had women who were sexually assaulted and you almost just had to take it if you felt like if you know, if you're living your life's passion. And so what came out over this past week when actress Rose McGowan was addressing it, and actress Alyssa Milano, she was kind of co-signing all these women coming out saying about how she was also. When oh, troll. Yeah, well, the Alyssa Milano one, she came out and said that she was sexually assaulted when she was younger, mm. and so that's what she she didn't name the name either. No, but she was prompting to say that you know it's it like Me Too, like she was saying that yeah. that, that that kind of getting people to get on that hashtag of Me Too. Uh, which take dates back to uh, it, it's a campaign that's going on for the last decade, where uh, a uh, sister uh, Tamara to oh, I mess her last name Burke is her last name. I don't want to disrespect the last name. I get I get the name accurately. Uh, is a campaign that she's been doing for the last ten years, addressing that uh, it, this is a very uh, common yet silent issue that happens that that sexual assault uh, molestation in the home, in the workplace, uh, this, this, you know, quote unquote rape culture that we have in this country that it's, it's not just the dude who, who's waiting for the jogger in the bushes or the guy hanging out in the parking lot, or even the dude who's, you know, trying to give her one too many drinks at the party or, or those situations that, uh, guys in in prominent places, uh, people of influence, school teachers, you know, your, your supervisor at work, uh, just all law enforcement agencies. you know, there, there's a lot of people who have a degree of, you know, power over somebody. And there's a lot of women out there who've been suffering in silence. And it's a hashtag that she started 10 years ago. But when you had some more, you know, you know when certain folks say it, it catches a little more wind. And so this hashtag went global of all these women who had had, if you had had, if you had an issue, if you have been sexually assaulted, whether it be molestation, rape, whatever. Uh, the hashtag of Me Too, and you started finding women who were school teachers, who were mothers, all the way to like actress Gabrielle Union. She came out saying how she was raped when she was nineteen, yeah, working in a that working in a, a store. Uh, to um, Walgreens, it was. Yeah, yeah, you know actresses and stuff coming out, and and like I said, the big part is the everyday woman, and just showing how common this is. You know that that as a society, we. I would like to see the the hammer dropped on this particular dude and us give as much energy towards getting pissed off at a a quarterback, taking a knee on a Sunday. If we give a half of that amount of energy into protecting the women, our sisters, our mothers, our daughters, aunts, cousins, all that, uh, we could eradicate a lot of that stuff if we gave a half of that, a half a degree of that, that energy. What? Frustrates me about a lot of this
1: stuff about our culture. Me having my um, daughter, and of course having other young women that have basically take took, has taken me on as, as as their father and is looking looks at me as as dad and um, you know mentoring them as well as just being a father to them. I particularly can't grasp like how careers like R. Kelly continue to you know, be financed by folks that enjoy his music but don't understand that the collation of his music and him, they coexist. And in order for us to destroy him, you must destroy the music and not fall into the line of the Pied Piper to make a stand so that this is not going to go on my shift regardless of how much I might want to do my two-step to the same degree of When we've had to argue back and forth, I know you and I have, not in particular with each other, but when folks were trying to make light of what Bill Cosby did, well, these women are lying, and it's like, okay, 60 chicks are lying, not saying that all these chicks aren't out to get them for some other particular reason, but there has to be some kind of truth, and maybe one or two, let's let's at least give them some degree of, of, of credibility. Then in the same sense of where America, because what I would like to shed the light on, a lot of these folks that are participating in the Me Too um, hashtag, some of them had voted for probably Donald Trump. I'm sure the some same of them. Me, The same president that, um, behind closed doors, while not knowing he was being recorded, having Guy talk, basically talked about, you know, as we joke around on our show calling him the pussy grabber but really saying and and making light of sexual assault and here is this man that is our is our is our is our president yeah. so we want to grasp the reality of how real this shit is to the point to where silence really um, creates that idea that what i'm doing is okay And almost to a fault of some of the victims, and I don't want to put any fault on on victims, but in a society where, shh, keep quiet, because if you say something, you know, you won't have a career, you won't have these these blessings, so to speak. I think that these monsters are allowed to go uh, with immunity because folks who have that ability... To speak out, and when we look at Colin Kaepernick, it's just like, yo, I see something wrong. I'm going to speak out. I don't care what happened to me. I don't want other people to become a victim, right? Yeah. You have to say something. And it's uh, you know ironic. It's you know, the title of our show. You have to say something because saying something not only will it empower you, will save and empower others. Could you imagine if some of these actors, and I know that some of their careers might have not have taken off. If a Glenn Poutrelle, instead of talk, because I heard read a story that she said that she told Brad Pitt her boyfriend at that particular time. Brad Pitt, you know, of course, ran up on um, Harvey, but that was it. Could you imagine if that happened in the moment, right? Yeah. In, in the moment, or could you even imagine when uh, I I read a I, read, I saw an interview with uh, Corey Feldman. Remember the yeah. the young hot Hollywood uh child actor who had a good friend Corey heyman who uh, his demise was on just the drugs anyway these guys were really hot I was, matter of fact I, I used to I used to just look at them as like dude I want to be like those guys because just all the hot girls they were getting right you yeah. know when you're watching this as a young kid that he spoke upon um this pedophilia that was going on in Hollywood he's talked about Some of these guys, these power brokers in Hollywood and how they shamefully um, not only abused women, but they abused guys and that he spoke upon him and Corey, how they have battled. And and the reason why his friend Corey's demise was not only because of the drugs, because he was living with this pain because he had been being abused at 14 by some of these big uh, moguls in Hollywood. These kind of things have been going on for so long. Woody Allen walks around with immunity. Woody Allen, right? We don't even talk about uh, uh, the father from Seven Heaven, the the real popular show in the day. The father who was recorded talking about uh, being a pedophile and and, and, ha- and sexually assaulting young um, uh, girls. You you have these things going on in Hollywood, and it's almost. As if it's just the thing and you don't say anything, you just move on in your career. This cannot be tolerated. This cannot go on with being the norm. And I think that what ends up happening in our society, we just look at it as the norm. That's just a Hollywood problem. But it's not a Hollywood problem. It's a, it's a societal problem. And this goes back into when we talk about America and all the greatness that America has. It's the dark side of America. Sexual abuse has always been a part and predicated into American culture and history when you go into the enslavement of of the black folks of being molested, you know what I'm saying, by their slave owners. And I know folks don't want to go back into that, but that all plays a, a significant part of what it is right now. To dominate a person, to have that much control over a person has
0: always been ingrated in the American culture. And I think the normalizing of it, because I, I think that when we when we start looking at I, amongst the black community, we use R. Kelly as the poster child. Like I, I, I think that's pretty common if we, if you want to make a joke about a, an older man with an inappropriate aged girl, R. Kelly is the go to. But if we look well, at Michael Jackson, well but, but uh, that's a little different because they were boys. That that's a different yeah, go to. Yeah. But I think as a society we have become as a whole, no one ever brings up Elvis. Uh-huh. Like, like, like when we talk about R. Kelly as the poster, everybody like I I'm a, I love revisionist history. Everybody forgets that twenty four year old Elvis Presley was with fourteen year old Priscilla Damn. when he met her. Like I mean, we just gloss over that one. But in, I think in
1: in that particular time, because I think a lot of of these, and I know what you're about to say, right, got I, I see it in the eyes. But I think that it was normalized in society that. That was okay back then. Well,
0: but that that's the point that that the normalization of taking it, because, I mean, if you even go back to they've removed some of them because they recognize the the, the social impact of them. You remember being in the cartoons when you were a kid, the old Pepe Le Pew, who was a sexual predator? He was the skunk, the French skunk. Who the cat would 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 always walk under a ladder or under a fence. It'd be a black cat would get a white streak down its back to look like a female skunk. This dude was running her down, chasing her, grabbing her, kissing on her. She kept the cat kept trying to run away. He's just cause like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm like, 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 really, you going <laughs> I'm gonna take this. Like, and it was seen as a joke as a kid. But if you actually look at the dynamic of of how this played out, you're like. Uh Pepe Le Pew was a rapist. Yeah, like it, it was no- so normal that you could put it in a cartoon for six year olds and it never hit radars that it was wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, when we talk about the, the 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 quote unquote, you know, the rape culture that that goes on in this country, is that we have normalized the the just the lack the devaluing of women so much. I, I and, mean, but- and and, and and one thing to to, to preface too is that yeah, this is a this is a conversation that does not require female participation. Because when we talk about the, the, the atrocities of what men are doing, and specifically this when we're talking about men. Because something that came up, too, was when they were doing the Me Too, guys were were tagging Me Too also because there are men who get sexually molested and abused, which I don't take anything away from their pain or their struggle. But one of the things that I saw, which was I think was poignant, was men who were who were hashtagging Me Too is the equivalent to All Lives Matter. Mm. Like if 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 we're going to sit there and say our women are being targeted, are being from from infancy. I mean, molestation and and sexual harassment and and sexual predators. Let's just look at that. It doesn't mean that there aren't men who get abused. It doesn't mean there aren't boys that get abused. It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean it's the same way as when we say black lives matter. It doesn't mean that Asian lives don't matter, that, that white lives don't matter. But the way that we as a as a culture have minimalized what that does That if so many women can come out across the board of varying professions, ages, walks of life are all suffering the same issues, that it is not a, you know, sexual assault against women is not a white thing. It's not a black thing. It's not a rich thing or a poor thing. It's not this religion. It's not this side of the country. It's not this side of town. Like this is a very common practice. Mm -hmm. And, and, And that's a conversation. That needs to be the in-house checking it does not need to be that, well, women need to speak up louder and that women need to have a global campaign to bring attention. There's a lot of dudes who need to check dudes that, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: no, you know, you know what I'm saying like 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 R. Kelly on tour. Everybody knew DMX had brought something up about an issue with R. Kelly, that they were supposed to do a song together and that uh, while they were the they, they kept going back and forth and he went to go meet up with him. And R. Kelly shined him off and he was like, what's this dude's problem? Like, you know, we supposed to do this joint, we supposed to do whatever, whatever. He had some young girl in the room. Like, it it wasn't like this was this big, huge secret. When you go to those industry parties and stuff what Corey Feldman was talking about, and everybody knew what that was. And you're in a room with other grown ass men like, you know, what what homies about it wasn't a secret what Woody Allen was doing. Mm-hmm. It's not like Steven Spielberg didn't know what he was up to. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Soderbergh didn't know what he was up to. Spike Lee didn't know what he was up to. All these other movie people didn't know what was going on. But we look the other way. We don't check each other as, as men and we don't move accordingly, A, because of the dirt that we do it, B, because of what our position could be upset if we talk messed. We don't have a lot, we don't have a lot of Colin Kaepernick in us as a whole. No, we ain't willing to risk it all for somebody who, in the end, it won't benefit us at all. And, and we have a lot of people who have to suffer in silence because we have a lot of people who are spectators to people's pain and problems. And that type of shit has to change. Um, you have
1: Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, um, guys like that, even Hillary Clinton and um Obama, you know, that have benefited off of Harvey, right? Benefited, yeah. um, you know campaigns being paid for, opportunities, and um, they're running away, you know, trying to pretend that, oh, okay, we didn't know, or, excuse, <laughs> ooh, excuse me, um, and trying to stay as far away, as clear as it, um, away as they can, and that's the same thing that, you know, you bring up. How does this happen is because folks, okay, oh, man, <laughs> allergies see you got me up late at night doing these shows man so i think it's the reality is that folks just don't want to get caught up folks just don't want to speak on things because they don't want to one get (laughs) (laughs) the man this is what happens yeah i need definitely i need to but yeah, hopefully that's the last one. All right, get it out the system. Yeah, get it on my system. I don't know. The, the 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 microphone is is I'm allergic to the microphone. All of a sudden, I just think that in the reality is that they don't want to be the ones to be the
0: the snitch, so to speak, so to speak. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah, and, and to to give proper credit because I didn't want to mess the name up. Tarana Burke was the woman's name who who started the Me Too campaign. Uh, a decade ago. And yeah, there's a lot of dudes who, who have prospered off of people who have prospered off of people's pain. And if, if you're somebody who, you know, I, I know what he about. I, I know how he gets down. So I'm just going to leave the room. I'm just going to look the other way. I, I'm just going to act like I didn't see what I know I just saw. And I'm going to act like he didn't do what I know he just did. That is part of the problem. You may never have firsthand ever done anything to anybody, but the same way that we're out in the streets and we say that, you know, uh, the, all cops aren't bad, but we need the good cops to bring the bad cops to light. You know, if you know that, you're, that this police officer next to you is doing some shady stuff or pulling people over and doing stuff that they shouldn't, you can't be a good cop and stand by and watch a bad cop do bad things. I hold the same the, the same standard of you can't say you a good man and stand by and watch a bad man do bad things and not say anything about it. and that you can't have your principles tied to your paycheck. And we have a lot of people who have their, their, their character is connected to their checking account. You know, principles tied to a paycheck that your, your income dictates your, your, your honesty and your integrity. And if you're the type of person who can sit there and say, man, man, that's my boy and that's his business. If he's doing wrong, he's doing wrong. I that- think I'm back now. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think I'm back.
1: I think the the, the, the attack is – the allergy attack or whatever the hell that was you know, is over with. Okay. Now, I, and I think that that man code is a code that affects a lot of what is going on Yeah, that ha- continues to happen because folks – that do these things, when they're doing things for us, we don't look at them in the light of, ah, they're bad. They're just kind of looking at it in the sense of, well, you know, mm, he may have an issue, but one, he ain't did nothing to me, and two, he ain't did nothing to my people. You just don't look at how they're, you know, creating these, these, these role of victims, how that could also be your daughter, and that's another thing that you and I, as men, we've come... Together with some of our sisters. With she could be your daughter. Campaigning and creating a form. That's going to actually speak on domestic violence. And sexual assault. Because we know as men. That with the me too hashtag campaign. Though I understand. That men want to kind of. Come out and say hey. You know we are affected as well. We stand with our women. I don't look at it in on your, 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 your. The way you see it. But I get it. Myself. I would like rather support the woman and not even jump in and say, "Yeah, me too, I'll just support them and have let them have their moment, yeah, but I realize it, but the 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 more important thing about that is it has to take men to speak out. It has to say um for us men to have these hard, hard conversations i don't i don't I don't move with brothers that do all that i don't, yeah. i don't I'm not into brothers. I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine. And, um, you know, they had been in a domestic, they're, they're in a domestic uh, violence relationship. But again, they've created that mentality that, well, he's not doing anymore. So we're moving on. And I just just like, and they were asking, they're talking to me and I told them, I said, well, don't ever bring that person around me. And they were like, well, that person doesn't even think you have a problem with them, Mike. I don't know why. The only reason why I haven't approached that person or had some goons knock on his door is because of you. Yeah. Because you're you you know you've kind of put me, and this is a very very close friend of mine. You put me in this very awkward position to where I'm not silent. But I'm not going to do the things as a man to protect a friend that I want to do. Right. Yeah. But don't think it's cool for Johnny Joe to come around me shaking my hand, thinking that we're cool. We're Just not because they ain't beat
0: his ass. Yeah, they exactly. We're, friends. we're yeah. not
1: friends. <laughs> yeah. And and in a, in a real perspective, they looked at it and, and it was almost clarification for them. And I think that in that conversation, we were really getting some strong emotions and feelings out at the table where I think she even realized the effect of her accepting the abuse, um, per se, her allowing him to still be in the fold, that it affects not only her, but it affects you as well. And for you and I and other men that are brave enough to sit there and say, you know what, that shit is not what the, the, the thing we need to be doing as men we have to be able to say and resonate some real truth to faith. Brother, get some help before you make someone a victim. Yeah. You know, Maybe it's because you've been victimized, but get some help and we can't, whatever insecurity, whatever, anything that we lack, whatever power we feel we gain from assaulting other women or, or uh, sexually abusing women, it, it's, it's just something we can't, as men, pretend as if we don't have daughters, if we don't have aunties, grandmothers, or mothers ourselves, and say, well, that's all right. She's not my problem. It is my problem. Yeah. And I think that's what we as men have to start saying. Like, I'm not going to support this guy. I don't give a shit how many uh, um, touchdown he throws. That's, a, that's a, the hypocrisy of when we talk about the NFL. They have a rapist as a quarterback. Yeah. Literally. I mean, Ben Rosenberg, I mean, yeah, in a court of law, but we know the court of law doesn't always work the right way.
0: Yeah, if you don't say that Bill Cosby did it, you got to say Ben did it. Thank you. You know, so I mean, if you got two different women who gave damn near verbatim the same scenario. With the same dude, the same homie who... And that's another thing. The homie helped him out with those. Yeah. Had his homie watching the door so nobody yeah. could come in on both cases. Two different women who never knew each other over a year apart came with the exact same M.O. I'm sorry, but I'm leaning with her. And, and for dudes... And and, and I, I get that. It, first off, for all the women that were coming out saying on the Me Too, I guarantee you way more dudes out there, it has been your sister. Yeah. It has been your mother. This whole thing, she could be my daughter. It probably was because you can't get that many accounts over that many women in such a society that normalizes it because, you know, there were so many dudes. And that's the part that killed me, too. As women were addressing this, there was like dudes were legitimately trying to stand on what was she wearing. Well, that's why women can't be wearing provocative clothes. Yeah, I mean, we always... Well, but, but I'm saying... Yeah, no, I
1: know. It's, 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 yeah, but
0: it's, it's, if, if your brain shifts to... To that. Her responsibility, instead of... He just... If a woman walk around butt naked, you have to need have the, 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 the wherewithal to not jump on her. Hey, and as much as I know, because we've all been in a situation...
1: Because I ain't gonna lie. I mean, when I was a young, young pup, it was just the ignorance of me, right? Yeah. And I and I'm ashamed of it, and I and I apologize, because um, you know when you're young and you don't know, you know when you know you don't know better, you won't do better when you when you know better, you do better. So yeah. the phrase is supposed to be. I used to go around thinking that grabbing some girls' ass to get their attention was like something they wanted. That was cute. Yeah, like yo, what up? What up, ma? After like, I'll grab her ass, like you know, and nine times in, in, in the era I was running. I wouldn't get slapped, right? You know, yeah. don't not saying that I didn't get checked a few times, but grab the ass and you know it's like, what you doing? Like, then it starts a conversation, yeah. Because I didn't know how to gain their attention in a way to where maybe it would provoke and spark up conversation. Yeah. I mean, I've done a lot of different things that I'm not very proud of, but in the context of not understanding the long term effects of it, yeah. and those that can be a, for a whole different conversation later. It's, you get so engulfed in the mentality of, well, it's not that big of a deal or like I, you know, this is just for the moment. These are long lasting scars, dog. Long lasting scars. I have been with women that we were together. It's not my my, my girlfriends, like, you know, that have said no and I've let it go. Yeah. right you know because i think that in a state of some guys back in the day you know no means yes like you know oh no but she's moaning playing and rolling yeah and, she's and guys gotta- like nah man it's like no okay no means exactly what yeah. it is means no and the fact that one men were being upset trying to defend the fact like well me too and you should have that is the problem but it also speaks into volumes of why we have the issues that we have right now in america when black folks are yelling hey race uh, uh um inequality police brutality and then folks have put us in a frame in a box well well you shouldn't have been sagging your pants well, you shouldn't have tattoos. Well, Pull because, your pants up, uh, yeah, put all, a certain you know, tie on. It's the same thing. It is. It's the same exact thing. So I hope that some of these folks, in context of understanding the the black struggle on what we're trying to participate in, understand how it feels when someone, when you're saying, me too, I got sexually assaulted. It doesn't matter if you was walking down in the shortest of short, uh, shorts. Yeah. You don't deserve to get assaulted. Just like it doesn't matter if that kid was sagging pants, he doesn't deserve to get killed. It's just the same exact thing. And I hope that in these lessons, we want, understand, and examine one thing. These things have become culturally normalized for the fact that these things are things we've never dealt with. And it goes into our history, the content of our history of America. We've never dealt with with the sexual assault, the abuse, the molestation of black America when we was set here in America. We never, ever talk about that. You will talk about enslavement, and then you almost pretend as if these major things never happened within that enslavement. It's almost like, okay, yeah, they were slaves, and they probably got beat a few
0: times, but... Well, we glorified it, just sticking with your point... You will hear a romanticized version of yes. Thomas Jefferson. Yes. You hear that Thomas Jefferson had a girlfriend or, or a mistress or yes. whatever, or the ro- that he had a romantic relationship yes. with a slave that lasted for decades. No, he raped a, a woman who he owned and controlled for the duration of her entire life. And we do not
1: at all try to define that as being... A circle of why these things continue to happen. It's all ingrained in power. And you go into that deeper standpoint. I know folks want to praise um these dollar bills, and that's why it's always gotten to me to like why do we um accept and praise these slave owners that we spend, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it has no value to me. These guys is these forefathers that we want to hold up and have a presidents day for were slave owners. We were rapists. Let's get the content right. But because we want to get into the direction of where we're at. I don't want to go spin off too much, but it has to be a moment in time to where we all reflect and see how we got here and why is it that a guy like harvey one how does he continue to run and move with immunity and two what makes someone finally say "Hmm, we want to take him down like who did harvey piss off right like like what did harvey do to where it was like you know what we're gonna get all of the skeletons out and what other skeletons are there with these other powerful moguls that are in the industry that we know got a whole
0: bunch of skeletons well, of that part is going to be interesting because realistically when you move in circles like that you've got other people who know where the bodies are buried so when, when you start saying that's partially why people don't check other people because you know he may be sexually assaulting women but you were touching little boys yeah. uh who wants to go to page one first you you, you, you want to throw my stuff out on tmz on monday guess who's going to be following me on tuesday so uh, as you you start moving in those circles, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, he might pull a Nino Brown in the courtroom and start talking about, oh, this is bigger than Harvey Weinstein, uh, you, you know, and start naming names and just let the whole building topple. But I, I think that's something that's important that we all have to be aware of and cognizant of is that it, it can't just be about me. You know, we, we, we addressed on on this podcast multiple times and the society keeps addressing like the Kaepernick situation where the bulk of all that the, the, what's going to happen to him is not something that he'll ever see the benefit from. Much like when you can go all the way back to the words of MLK and, and he was saying, you know, um, we talking about getting to the promised land. He said, I know I, I won't be there. I won't get there with you. You know, but but I know we're going to get there as a people. I'm about to sacrifice for something that I will never see the benefit of. And there needs to be more of that, that there needs to be more people. Even let's be real. You may lose your job over speaking up. You may lose out on opportunities or income. Keep it 100. You might get your ass beat instead of doing the ass beating. Checking somebody who's out there doing wrong to women, or out oh, here get killed. It, it, that that's a very real possibility, especially when you're talking about digging up people's skeletons. Yeah. But but as long as we sit there and, and lay in silence, it will be our daughters. It will be our mothers. It has been our daughters. And, it and, has been our mothers. And it's almost like we can make a stance on that by looking at um and
1: unfortunately, you know, our hip hop culture. I mean, it's promoted some of these behaviors and and, and more or less even more now to where um, I definitely believe that some of the music that we had before was more protective of women and now it's just been an all-out chaotic assault (laughs) and the the messages that are being laced and you know you have a guy like Kodak Black that has been um, indicted Right yeah. on, on on you know sexual assault, but yet and still he's still invited to um, the award shows. And to me, it's just like okay. I mean, yeah, he hasn't been prosecuted, but my whole thing is like, well, um, if we want to make a stance on a on a particular situation, let's let's move in grace and say, okay, well, hey, before we let you kind of uh, promote yourself, we're gonna keep you on the sideline until you figure out your shit because. These things that just ain't coming out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, you need to learn to move differently and better, regardless if you did it or not. You're in a position to where this keeps coming up. So until you get your life together, we ain't messing with you because these are the type of things that could be necessary for us to address. We can't sit there and just sit there and, and lay silent to all these situations that are happening around us. And the, the, the perpetrator may live in your household. You know, the perpetrator may be somebody you've known since college. It may be the person who signs your paycheck. But we can't just sit there and keep acting like these things don't happen and expect them to change. That's going to require us getting involved, require us doing something, and definitely require us to say something. Yes, sir. I'm Jermaine Morris with Barry Axios. Where can folks find you online, sir? Facebook, Barry Axios, B-E-R-R-Y-A-C-C-I-U-S,
1: if you guys don't figure that out or don't know it by now. And then, of course...
0: Um Twitter, same thing. Barry Axios, Instagram at Team Boy, and BlackBlueprintsWithAZ.com. dot com. Um, Jermaine Morris on Facebook. Every other social media platform is at J Morris CEO. The Say Something podcast. If you subject you want to have brought up, uh, may possibly be on the podcast itself. Remember that uh, Say Something podcast at gmail.com is the email. At We Say Something is the Twitter handle for the podcast, and uh, yeah, be straight. Yes, sir. Until next show, we'll holler at you later. Indeed.